0: Hello everyone, my name is Ario and I am a member of the Partito Comunista. I am here with Mr. Hal Bra and I am most grateful to Mr. Bra for allowing me this opportunity to discuss his views on the Russian Revolution. In case some of you are not familiar with Mr. Bra, he's an Indian communist politician and writer based in the UK. He's the founder and former chairman of the Communist Party of Great Britain marxist leninist and the editor of Lalkard. The oldest anti-imperialist newspaper in the UK. Mr. Bra has written multiple books on subject as a communist, pre restroika The Complete Collapse of Revisionism, India Republicanism, Imperialism, anti tunis Anti-Colonialism, and the British General Strike. Arpa is also the co-founder of the Ends of China campaign and author of the book Socialists with China's Characteristics. Arpa. Firstly,
1: what, in your opinion, was the cause of the Russian Revolution? There were several causes. The first one was the Russian regime of the Tsars was very oppressive. It oppressed vast masses of people in the countryside as well as in the towns, but especially in the countryside, because they were the biggest landowners. They oppressed people, and Russian serfdom was only abolished in 1860s, but really it gave away not to liberation of the peasantry, but to their poverty because they had to buy their land and they were tied to that enterprise for a very long period of time. Then, on top of that, they borrowed a lot of money from imperialist countries, especially Britain and France, but especially France, and they had to pay huge interest on on those loans. They were dragged into every war that their imperialist uh, moneylenders demanded of them so they were dragged into the first world war where the russian armies performed incompetently and very very badly indeed and it, this led to the to, to, to russia's basically causing the conditions which would lead to the Bolshe- bolshevik revolution up to the time of the russian revolution it was generally considered a proletarian revolution could only take place in the advanced capitalist countries. Now, This was in a backward country and this is a contribution of Lenin's to the development of revolutionary thought and revolutionary Marxism, that since capitalism had turned into monopoly capitalism to imperialism, it had created a system of world economy and every country was part of of that world economy. So revolutions Given the circumstances, uh, revolution could break out, whether they were in advanced countries or industrially backward countries, where the imperialist chain proved to be the weakest. And at that moment, it proved to be the weakest in in, in, in Russia. Then, of course, on top of that was the fact that the Russian proletariat was led by such a revolutionary party as the Uh, Russian Social Democratic Party, Bolsheviks, which later on became the Communist Party of Russia first and then the Communist Party of of the Soviet Union. And what was important about the Bolshevik Party was that the Bolsheviks under the leadership of Lenin fought against opportunism for a whole period, beginning with 1902, 1903, right up to the beginning of the First World War. Uh, in 1914, they fought against their opportunists, they expelled their opportunists, and they fought against opportunism also on the European front, against Kautskyites and people who followed Bernstein. Although at the time they were denounced as splitters, leftists, uh, etc., they proved to be right, because they were the ones who actually stayed true to Marxism. Second International had by that time become rotten. It had performed some useful services, it had mobilized and organized the European proletariat but it was done in peaceful times where you took part in local elections and parliamentary elections and you measured your success by how many seats you had in the par- in the parliament whereas the Bolsheviks also took part in the elections whenever they were allowed to. Tsarism didn't allow for these Uh, opportunities very often but they did did take part, part in these elections especially when the revolution after the defeat of the 1905, 1907 revolution was on the downgrade and so Bolsheviks adopted different tactics in that period and took part in all kinds of activities including taking part in elections but for them the elections were not to capture parliamentary seats Not but to use the parliamentary arena to denounce parliamentarism, to expose the rottenness of of Zionism. So the communists who are true to to Bolshevism, who are true to Marxism and Leninism, in any country where they take part in electoral activity, it is not to become the ruling party through elections. It is basically to expose parliamentarism, to expose what social democracy became after the First World War, I, a rotten representative basically of, of the bourgeoisie so all these factors came together and Tsarism fell in February or in the European calendar in March 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 1917 and a whole period which in revolutionary times is a very long period from February-March to October-November 1917 is the period of preparation for the October Revolution. As Lenin said, what separates the Democratic Revolution from the Socialist Revolution is the preparedness of the masses. That's the most important. And during that period of time, the Bolsheviks were able to win a majority in the Soviets, and they were therefore able to launch the October Revolution. That's really, in my view, some brief causes for the October Revolution a strong Bolshevik party, the rottenness of, of, of the Russian regime, the very poor performance in the war, when the Russian capitalists and European capitalists were making a lot of money. The, the Czarist soldiers sometimes did not even have a gun to fight with. Several people were sharing one gun and of course the peasantry that was deprived of land and were being oppressed um, had a great effect because the, most of the Tsarist army were actually peasants with uniforms. And so they knew the conditions of, of their families back home and they were very willing to do that. And of course the Bolsheviks had very important task in the army. They had units which propagated in the army. So they did not leave the army alone. They tried to influence the army without the army coming over to the Bolsheviks. There would have been no, no revolution. So it's a very important lesson for the communists that if they want to fight for revolution, they must somehow find ways of connecting themselves with, with, with the armies. It's a very difficult task. You know, you're not allowed near the barracks easily, even with a leaflet, let alone trying to go and influence them. But somehow we have got to find the way of actually having cells and units within the army.
0: Thank you. And why do you think the Russian Revolution is
1: important? It's important for a number of reasons and they're not necessarily in the order of uh, importance because I'll say them at random. But if importance is to be given, the most important part of its importance is it actually destabilized imperialism. Imperialism since 1917 has never been able to recover the confidence and the stability that it enjoyed before 1917 revolution. You may say that it doesn't sound right in view of the collapse of the Soviet Union, in view of the reversal in the movement that we faced for the last 40-50 years, but nevertheless it had a lasting influence. Imperialism has never ever been able to achieve that stability and never will. It's It's an era, as Stalin defined, Leninism is the era A proletarian revolution and the downfall of imperialism. So, of course, history does not always move with the same speed with which we would like it to move, but it's moving all the same forward. You can look all around, you can see the conflict in Ukraine, new Nazi natives, uh, proxy war against Russia, or you can see what is happening in the Middle East, in in what the Zionists are doing, with all their weaponry, with all their sophisticated army, with the support of all the imperialist uh, countries combined, the little people of Palestine are able to breach through the barrier create, created for them and caused havoc there, killed about 1400 Israelis, quite a lot of them soldiers, some not soldiers, and a demolished number of police stations and army posts in the area. And this has given a devastating blow to Zionism and its imperialist backers, And that really is, in my view, a ramification of the October Revolution. People in the colony didn't even think of revolting much earlier before the October Revolution. But the October Revolution actually became the better and the instigator of revolts all over, all over the world. That's why the Bolsheviks were hated so much. That's why Russia was, was hated so much. The second thing it did was it not only actually committed a breach in the front of imperialism by causing a revolution in a European imperialist country, namely Russia. It also delivered a devastating blow to the rear of imperialism, i.e. its colonies. You know, the Bolsheviks became really the banner for the liberation of colonies. Before the October Revolution, the question of the nationality the national question and national self-determination and liberation was confined to a few European countries, Poland, Hungary, Ireland, etc. The vast masses of the subjugated people in the vast continents of Asia, Africa and Latin America were not within the purview of the second international. But the Bolsheviks broke that barrier between the oppressed countries and imperialist countries by saying that that the National liberation struggles of the oppressed people are a part of the world revolutionary movement. The two currents, the two forces, proletarian revolution in the advanced countries and the national liberation movements in the oppressed countries have to join together to fight against imperialism. And Lenin never stopped saying that the revolutionary movement in the advanced countries would be she sheer fraud if the proletarians engaged in revolutionary work in imperialist countries were not closely aligned with hundreds upon hundreds of millions of colonial slaves, slaves who were oppressed by their own ruling class. Now that's a lesson that we have to learn, that when our ruling class tries to oppress the liberation struggles of the oppressed people, we are on the side of the oppressed people. We must mobilize the proletariat in support of them and not as the so-called communist parties in Europe are doing today, sending heart-wrenching messages to the Zionist, fascist, colonialist yes. settler regime in, in, in Palestine and saying, you know, we, we we are with you. What's the difference between American imperialism, British imperialism, French imperialism on one side and these, these working class parties? There is shame uh, to the working class of their own country and to the proletariat internationally. They are a very, they're a blot on the science of Marxism and Leninism. So that's another thing that the Bolsheviks did. And what's more, they taught an example to the proletariat. Russia was considered by Lenin, quite rightly, to be a prison house of nations where oppressed nationalities, the Georgian, the Kazakhs, the Armenians, the Tajiks, the Turkmenians, They were all oppressed and Lenin's policy, Bolshevik's party of national self-determination, freed these people. At the time of the October Revolution, they were given a chance, if you want to separate from us, that's fine. Lenin always compared the question of self-determination to the ordinary uh, um, situation of married couples living together in divorce. We don't advocate divorce. But at the same time, we want people to live with each other by consent. We don't want the woman to be forced into cohabitation with a man and deny her the right to separate if he's being, she's being oppressed. Likewise with the nationalities. We want nations to unite together. We are for unity. We are not for separation. Bolshevik's party was not to say, go away, we don't want you. It was, we want to live with you, but on the basis of equality. And that is why the nationalities, minority nationalities played a tremendous role in the Russian Revolution and they joined the Russian Federation in a union which became the old glorious USSR Union of Soviet Socialist Republics and so that liberation could come under the flag of proletarian internationalism, under the leadership of the proletariat of the dominant uh, uh, nationality and bring people together. They did not have to be animosity. Elsewhere, people are fighting against colonialism. They have to fight with weapons in hands, but not with the Bolsheviks. They were given the absolute right to secede if they wanted to, to determine their own future. But equally, that was also self-determination. They decided to join with with the Russian proletariat and built The wonderful society that Soviet Union was, in my view, humanity has not done anything better than the Russian Revolution and what followed from the Russian Revolution, the collectivization of agriculture, the industrialization of the country, and its crowning glory in defeating fascism in in the Second World War. So that's another thing. The third thing it did was, before the Bolshevik Revolution, there was a difference between people of oppressed nationalities and oppressing nationalities. There's a difference between blacks and whites. There's a difference between people of different uh, religions. Some were considered to be the carriers and bearers of advanced civilization, i.e. the whites, the colonialist powers, etc. And others were incapable of that. They, They were only meant to be slaves. The Bolshevik revolution shattered that wall that separated the so-called civilized from the uncivilized, the blacks from the whites, the colonials from the uh, from the colonizing past. And it brought the whole idea of equality of na- nations, equality of peoples on a, to a new state. Another thing it did was it actually totally discredited the social de- democratism of the social democratic parties. It was a victory of Marxism over social democratism. It was the victory of proletarian revolution over parliamentarism. You know this and these are in my view some of the chief uh, reasons why the Bolshevik revolution continued to have such a sway. The bourgeoisie keeps on saying communism is dead. Well if it is dead there's no need to say it. You must have members of your family who have died but you don't go every day around saying they're dead. You know we know they're dead and that's the end of it. You don't, for example, say, Napoleon is dead. Everybody knows Napoleon is dead. There's no need to say that. But precisely because communism will not die, it's the future of humanity, the bourgeoisie keeps on repeating this mantra, communism is dead, it's not dead. Just as the the Zionists keep on saying, when we launch this operation, the, the resistance is dead. No, three years later, it crops up again. Until it succeeds, it will succeed, I'm not young enough to see it, but you will probably all see the destruction of the state of Israel. It has no future because it's a colonialist state built at a time when colonialism is no longer the fashion of the day, when colonialism is on the way out. So they cannot build, build, build that state by stealing other people's land, by stealing their houses, by oppressing them on a permanent basis. How long can it last? Even those who do the oppression would get tired after a while. Palestinians have nowhere to go the Zionists every one of them holds a dual nationality they belong to Brooklyn they belong yeah. to Berlin they belong to Milan they belong to Paris you know and Zionism is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a movement which until the Second World War was not supported by by the Jews overwhelmingly the Jews were against Zionism they regarded the Zionist leaders as mad people we had one, member of the cabinet at the time, only Jewish member of the cabinet, at the time that the Balfour Declaration was issued, he he said it was an anti-Semitic document because it's telling Jewish people they don't belong to these countries, you know, and you know that they belong to Palestine with which they have no connection. What's more if they went there, they'll be depriving it, the owners of that land, of their land, and with source of permanent conflict. So, you know, Bolshevik revolution is not dead. It is actually a pledge of our, of, of our future. And we must hold on to it. We must safeguard its legacy. And people who, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, deserted, they were cowardly. They were not very strong in, in principle. Just because a movement goes through difficult periods, you don't desert, uh, 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 you know, desert, desert it. Otherwise, you are fair weather friends. You're not revolutionaries, you just think it's the fashion or it's something you could gain from it because it's on the the rise. Thank you. And how did the Russian Revolution affect the world? It changed the world completely. Mm -hmm. It had brought on to the agenda proletarian revolution because the imperialists did their best to destroy the Soviet Union, not just the Nazis, but the Western so-called democratic imperialist powers—they all the time had the intention of directing Hitler eastwards. You know that they should that Germany should fight against the Soviet Union. In this way, they wanted to achieve two objects: weaken Germany and weaken the Soviet Union. Germany, because it was a raw, rival, powerful imperialist power, and Soviet Union, because it was a hated communist country, and imperialism wanted to destroy. It. it didn't work out thanks to the preparedness of the Soviet Union under the leadership of Stalin and the extremely dexterous work they did in the field field of diplomacy. They tried their best to have an alliance with the Impe- Impe- Western imperialist powers to fight uh, to, to prevent Germany's um, aggression against European countries. It didn't work out. In the end they had to Fighting in Germany themselves. And when Germany in June 1941 attacked the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union became an ally of these imper- imperialist powers. But at the end of the Second World War, which imperialists fighting were fighting to defend their colonies, ended in a disaster for them. If the first world war had ended in a disaster that it brought the proletariat onto the scene, it brought the Russian proletariat to power. The Second World War gave rise to a whole socialist camp. Eastern and European European countries joined the bloc, and were soon followed by China, DPRK, Vietnam, uh, etc. These countries joined. So by the time, that they, you know, not, the Second World War was over, soon after that, one third of the territory of the world and one quarter of its population were under communist rules. And that was uh, a most fant- fantastic uh, 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 achievement of, of, of that revolution. And of course, very soon they were followed by liberation of, at least the formal liberation of the colonies, one after the other. The 50s, 60s, and 70s saw the independence of these countries. Yes, they did not manage to break the economic umbilical code that Tied them to imperialism, but it certainly laid the basis for them to move, move, move forward. Uh, You can see what is happening in West Africa now, one after another, these countries are, even if it's through the army. A lot of people, of course, don't like army rule. I don't either, right? But in certain circumstances, they are the only ones who have the mass support who can actually expel the imperialist powers. The French were refi- refusing to leave Niger. In the end, the huge demonstrations in the capital of Niger Na- Naime, uh, and and the pressure exercised by the new military rulers forced, forced them to leave. They tried to mobilize because they always like to fight, fight proxy wars. They, they don't like to shoot with a gun on their own shoulders. They like to put on somebody else's shoulders and pull the trigger. So they tried to mobilize West African countries like Nigerian company to invade Niger to restore what they call the legitimate democratic government. But they don't give a damn about democracy any, anywhere. The main thing was that they want to protect their own interests. Niger, for example, is the source of uranium to imperialist countries, both for weapons and for nuclear power for peaceful purposes. Every third bulb in France is lit by uranium that is that comes from Niger. Nigerian people, only about 10 or 15 percent have access to electricity, but the French are not short of electricity and partly, partly, not completely, it's due to what they get from from Niger and the story is repeated in country after country after country. So these countries are trying to achieve liberation. History has turned unexpectedly in a different corner. For the moment, they're not aligned with Soviet Russia, because it doesn't exist anymore. They're lying with Russia, capitalist Russia, they're relying with China, a number of countries, and this gives them a breathing space. China's Road and Belt Initiative, for example, is allowing various countries to get onto the course of development through the development of infrastructure, and the Chinese are helping very much. And the Russians, for example, are also undermining the very foundations of not just US imperialism, but of the combined NATO powers. They are bound to be defeated, whether it takes six months or two years, they are bound to be defeated in in Ukraine. In my view, the most important contradiction and the most important question of present day, which the communist movement must face, is the proxy war waged by NATO against Russia through Ukraine. The defeat of NATO countries in that would mean the disintegration of NATO. It wouldn't bring socialism straight away. It's not a fight for socialism, but it will, by weakening imperialism, lay a solid basis for the development of the movement in different countries. Thank you. And finally, if we were to compare the factors
0: that caused the Russian Revolution with our era, is there today an ideal convergence of factors and characteristics that would that would lead it
1: to a similar outcome? As of today, yes. no. Because, you know, for, for a number of reasons, objective and subjective, the working class in European countries is not in a state of ferment. It's not active. It's passive. It's a sleeping lion. When it wakes up, it would be very powerful. But for the moment, it's nothing. It's not do, doing much. The working class is not in control of things, you know. But as Marx famously said, and Lenin repeated that, that there are sometimes decades when nothing happens. And then there are days in which decades are encapsulated. Things happen very quickly. I do not know when this will be happened. But when I look around, how imperialism is being shaken, how it is being defeated in country after country. Since the Second World War, there's only one victory that the United States of America has achieved in the battlefield. That is against tiny Grenada, when they overthrew the government of a country with a population of 90,000. They lost the war in Korea, they lost the war in Vietnam, they lost the war in Afghanistan, they lost the war in Syria, they lost the war in Iraq, And they lost the war in Libya. They are winning in nowhere. All they can actually show on the balance sheet is they destroyed millions of lives and they destroyed wealth in countless quantities. Wealth belonging to other people. They stole other people's money but they have not won. And so when I see that all these things happening they are slowly if I use the expression quantity is shortly going to turn into quality. When this will happen I'm not able to say but certainly there's no need for us to be disheartened. I think we're living in 30 years for the first time in a very exciting period and there is something to to look, look forward to. We must take part in the most small activity as well as big activities. You know the old saying in your country all roads lead to Rome yeah. And we must work in such a way that everything we do do is in the furtherance of proletarian revolution and national liberation. That is what we can do, and that's what we can hope for and work for.
0: Mr. Baer, thank you very much for allowing me today to talk to you. I'm very honoured. And I wish also to say thank you on behalf of the Partito Comunista. And this video interview has been produced in collaboration with the Communist Party of Great Britain, Marxist Leninist, a party that Partito Comunista is honored to be linked to.
1: Uh, and may, may I say, Please, may, Mr. May, 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 thank, thank you and your party, Partito Communista, Italiana, uh, for sparing the time to come and, and in, interview me. I'm not telling you anything that you or your party don't know. But I'm obliging because you asked me to be interviewed. And thank you so much. Thank you very much. Such a pleasure for us. Thank you, Mr. Braff.